Hi, I'm Charlie, and this is another episode of Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders. Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders is available both in podcast form, wherever you get great podcasts, and on video on our YouTube channel, Cooking Secrets for Men. So I'm going to introduce my guest today, David Lee. David? Charlie, so good to be here with you. Pleasure. Thanks for coming. Uh, David is the president and general manager of Radio 89.7 Milwaukee, which is our NPR station, WUWM. I have to say it that way because I always... That's how you hear it, right? I put, it, oh, I put an extra U yeah. in. <laughs> well, that's... that's UWUWM. <laughs> that's also like... A, that's also the, the, the way in your radio voice, right? WUWM. Right. Um, so David is on a couple of... Uh, list that I wanted to talk about. First, you're on the list of the 35 most influential Asian Americans uh, here in Wisconsin, and then you're on. It's a big list, though. I'm, 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 I'm one of 30. I'm one of 35, but that that 35 is is real. There's a lot of 35s. That's right. Well, you're on it, um, and then uh, you're on the list of notable minority executives uh, here in Wisconsin. So, good list to be on. Um, so let's talk about your upbringing, your, your backgrounds, where you're born, um, where you grew up, and leading up to going to college, because that certainly lays the foundation for who you are today. Yeah, so I was born in Taiwan. I was born in Taipei. Uh, my parents came here when I was one. Um, they had $600 in their pocket when they came to America with a little baby, which is incredible because I can't imagine moving to, to, to Racine with $600 in my pocket. Like right. It just seems, it seems like an unbelievable thing to do. Um, and uh, grew up in San Francisco, uh, and then college in New York State. Right. Um, <clears throat> so you had college, you went to Vassar. Yeah. Poughkeepsie. In Poughkeepsie, yeah. Um, went to, you got a degree in film and drama. Yep. And then subsequently uh, went to Georgetown University School of Business in my hometown of Washington, D.C. <laughs> I did a certificate program there. Not, not, not actually, they didn't admit me, but okay. it was, yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, talk about what it was you wanted to accomplish um, yeah. After you graduated, where you thought you would your career would take you? So I graduated from Vassar with a degree in film, and um, I I I wanted to become Chinese George Clooney, right? And so um, <laughs> after a couple of different odd jobs in Boston, one of which being a, a, a cook, as we'll talk about a little bit later, um, I got hired to write a screenplay, which which got which got me out to Los Angeles, mm -hmm. um, and you know gave becoming Chinese George Clooney a real shot. Um, but unfortunately, like most people who move out to, to L.A., um, I became a statistic. Became a, a, a waiter or a bartender or something. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that is an interesting, um, but eventually you morphed yeah. into working in the nonprofit area. Yeah. So talk about yeah. how that transition yeah. going from the um, Asian George Clooney to <laughs> working in nonprofits. Um, so, uh, like most people who go out to Los Angeles, right, they end up uh, bartending or, 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 or becoming a server in a restaurant. Uh, my job um, after the after the money ran out was I, I became a um, government relations professional at the Jewish Federation of Greater Los Angeles, mm -hmm. um, and that was I think the, the the first time in my in my life where where I really began to see that you know you could do well by doing good. Um, and um, I really got, you know, began be, be, began sort of getting. I, I would say I sort of cut my teeth in, in, in sort of like social in social welfare, social good uh, through the values of Tikkun Olam and, and and you know how how Jewish communal values can really better um, a, a community, right? Regardless of, of religion or faith or, right. or or background. Sure. 
So um, you spent about 10 years as the executive director for Feeding Wisconsin. Um, about 10 years. About 10 years. And so you were instrumental in expanding uh, the uh, food banks yep. here in Wisconsin. That's and right. so talk about that because food scarcity yeah. is a huge issue yeah. uh, in some of our some of our communities. And it's not just local, it's, you know, it's across the country. Yeah, so when I was at the Jewish Federation um, in 2008, they, they began... Um, during the banking crisis, they started seeing their mid-level donors start showing up at the at the Jewish food pantry that they invested in, and so um, I, I got to create the the LA the Jewish Federation of LA's um, anti-hunger initiative, mm -hmm. and so that really got me into uh, the world of anti-hunger. And as you mentioned, I spent some time at, at Feeding American National and then at Feeding Wisconsin. Um, and you know, I think the challenge really is that you know hunger. Is not uh, is not a is not a food production problem, right? We have more than enough food in the right. world. Uh, we produce we waste actually more than that. We waste more food than that than you know uh, than, than we need, right? right. Um, it's a it's a distribution problem. It's it's about distributing not only the food to the people who need it, but also money, resources, sometimes power, right, mm -hmm. uh, for people to access it, and so. Um, I think when people think about food scarcity, right, it's it's not it's not scarcity. It's really it's really how people are able to to have the resources they need to be able to procure food on on their own. Right. Um, I since you're aligned with UWM, I think. Do you know who Johnny Vaccaro is? I don't. Oh, she's she's um, young woman who's been on the show, um, and she is um, <laughs> fighting food scarcity. Uh, lives in uh, River West, uh, works full time, goes to UWM full time, and um, she makes healthy meals for people in need right. um, and delivers them on her bike. Oh my God. She's, That's incredible. She's wonderful. Um, and she's just, a, she has a, her um, group is called, and a nonprofit called Sauce Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, it's great. That's incredible. So, um, yeah, she's another one. But it's like you said, it's just that she is out there trying to take part of. Um, you know where where people are throwing stuff away. She yeah. goes to grocery stores and restaurants, and they just give her uh, stuff that they were going to trash, and um, she uses it to make mostly vegan, mostly vegetarian, healthy meals and distributes them. Yeah. Um, throughout, so we can talk about her later. Um, but she, her story is an interesting story. That's incredible. Um, so some other nonprofit work that you've done. Yeah. Uh, you were at um, you were the chief philanthropy officer for Ascension Wisconsin, yep. for and then. Way. And then you were at uh, Imagine MKE, which is an arts advocacy group here yep. in uh, in Milwaukee. So talk about that work in the community. Yeah. So you know, I was the the, the inaugural CEO at Imagine MKE, which, um, as you said, is is Milwaukee's arts advocacy office. And you know, it, it's it's such an incredible, um, it, it's such an important role, partially because. Milwaukee, as you know, has incredible arts and culture organizations, yes. and no, yet no, no real advocacy office to be able to to to, to lift up that story, right? Sure. I mean, um, in Wisconsin, you you may know the stat that uh, we were we are fiftieth or 49th in the nation in public funding for the arts, and so this incredible arts infrastructure, big big middle and small sized organizations, are all supported by uh, philanthropy, essentially, right. right, and people who buy tickets, and so. Um, I mean, I, I really think that, like you know, arts and culture really is a is a is a public good, right? And, and how, how do we invest in it um, as such? So that's another full circle part of your for me, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Started in film and drama, <laughs> and come back and work on 
an arts advocacy group. Yeah. So uh, earlier this year, you were um, selected as the president GM of yeah. the NPR station 89.7 Radio W UWM. Um, I'm glad I said that right. Um, so talk about the the work that's being done. Some of the things you are looking forward to happening over the next, you know, however long your tenure lasts there. Yeah. You know, I really think that in in this day and age where where we have such incredibly fragmented um, not only media but also communities, I think public radio is the the place where we can um, continue to try to build understanding. Right, and I often say this that like our mission at at, at WWM is not only to get you know trusted, non biased or unbiased news out to the community and, and to tell. Um, you know, incredible, inspiring stories about our community at human scale, about our friends and neighbors who make Milwaukee an incredible place to, to live, work, and play. But moreover, our mission is to help Milwaukeeans and people in Southeast Wisconsin love each other. Um, because only when they get to know each other and connect with each other um, and, and essentially create that, that sense of, like, of, of, of brother and sisterhood can we actually... Um, do the big things that are that are ahead of us right now, and and, and to be and to be very very clear, right? Like the the challenges that are facing us are big, um, but the but the people um, in our community who who are making Southeast Wisconsin an incredible place, um, they're the ones who, who who are gonna who are gonna get us through this, right? Sure. And we need to we need to figure out how how we how we connect on that human level. So that's another full circle <laughs> situation for you because you were a DJ in college, yes, an overnight yeah. DJ. So I, yeah. did you? Ooh. Did you ever have the time when you kind of slipped and said some words that you probably shouldn't have said on the radio? Um, in Mandarin. Um, <laughs> in Mandarin. I, I would, and I don't know if, if they can re revoke our FCC license now, uh, you know, thir 30 years later. But, but uh, statute of limitations. Yeah, probably, probably over. Uh, but no, I've, I've, never, I've, never, I've never run afoul of FCC regulations ever in my life. My son, was a, my son was a DJ in uh, college in Miami of Ohio, and he did a show called um, the classic rock oasis, yeah. which is, you know, college music, they, they're not playing classic rock. So he was a contrarian, much like his father. Um, but he would every once in a while slip and he'd say, eh, my program director's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 no, 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 look, you gotta, you know, swart your P's and Q's there. Yeah. Uh, and then he did play by play when he, he went to grad school in, in Tampa, University of South Florida, he did play by play for basketball and oh, wow. baseball, and I loved it. So I know how much that was probably a fun thing, yeah. but it's interesting that it's, yeah. you know, you full circle. And, and another full circle thing. Um, so we're, this is a show where we, we talk, yeah. we cook something, yeah. and then we eat it. Yeah. And you had mentioned before, you were a chef. I was. You worked at, it was at Grafton Street. Grafton Street. It's in, still in there. Harvard, it's still Harvard there. Square, right? Yes, that's right. It's still there. <laughs> yeah. So, so given that you're, you have a background as a, um, as a trained chef, what are we cooking today? We are making cacio e pepe, which is my favorite, one of my favorite things to eat in, in all of Italian cookery, or I guess Roman cookery. Right. And so we, we just were discussing this before, uh, that the word cacio is uh, the Roman dialect word for cheese, not formaggio, which is the Italian word. So we're cooking cheese and pepper with pasta, and we're going to love it because... It's going to be great. Okay. All right, so uh, we've done a little prep work. Uh, give us a, a minute or two to set up, and then we'll be back uh, cooking cacio e pepe. All right, David. Take it away. All right, so cacio e pepe, super easy. 
It's basically four-ish ingredients, pepper, cheese, pasta, pasta water. So the, the most important thing is to salt your pasta water. Probably a little bit less salt than you would put in pasta water because here's the secret, Charlie, about, about or here's my secret about cacio pepper. Uh -huh. Cook it in less water than you would for a pasta because you want really the starches to express, right? right. And you want to have really, really starchy water because that's the, that's the secret of a really great cacio pepe. All right, so you're using bucatini, which Correct. many people don't know what it is. Why don't you tell us what bucatini is? Bucatini is this incredibly thick pasta with a hole in the middle. So it's got great body and the hole, the theoretically, um, or at least in my experience, really catches the, 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 the cheese, the cheese and pepper sauce that you're making. We're using about half the box of, of pasta. Here's the other, here's the other thing about, about um, cacio e pepe is that it's, it's definitely meant to be eaten right when you make it, right? Because this, this thing doesn't, um, doesn't really, uh, doesn't keep well. Right, yeah, so and we also, we roasted some broccoli with a little olive oil and garlic. That was at uh, 420 degrees for about 20 minutes. There you go. So basically, get the get your pasta in, and you gotta always give it like the, the, the nice first good stir, right, to make sure they don't stick. Right, a lot of people like to just put it in the pot and then walk away. Well, that's not how you cook pasta. Right. <laughs> you gotta like get it going, right? And then you can let it go for a bit. So after we get the pasta going, we're going to, you've um, put some pepper. We've got Correct. that over here. So freshly ground pepper, cracked right. pepper. Um, this is about a tablespoon. Um, and we're gonna toast it in this, in this cast iron pan okay. to get all the oils going. This would be my job is to watch the pepper. Right, so we're on medium low here on the... It's just going to toast to get those oils uh, and flavors. And you can see they're like, it's pretty like coarsely, coarsely um, cracked, right? right? Because you want that, you want that texture. And then in classic Roman form, uh, pecorino cheese is used mostly because the actual name is pecorino romano, which means it was made in Rome, <laughs> and parmesan was made in Parma. So it's not, from a classic standpoint, it's not used, but everybody uses it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, parm is just so, is just so delicious, right? And yeah. also is pecorino. Just. My, I have an Italian teacher I, I, in Pisa, and I showed her one time my recipe for carbonara where I used um, parmesan, and she yelled at me. She said, no, 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 parmesano, pecorino, pecorino. I said, oh, okay, Elisabetta. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to go for about eight, eight or nine minutes okay. um, as we as we wait for that to get al dente, and then now we'll we'll, we'll continue shredding some cheese. All right, so we're going to shred a little cheese here. So um, like like Charlie, like you said, right? Like this is the pecorino. Hard. So it's a hard cheese. It's a sheep's cheese, whereas parm is uh, from cow. I like using a little. I like using the the, the parmesan because it um, it melts a little bit more interestingly mm -hmm. than the, than the pecorino, which um, can be a little bit clumpy. So the the parmesan will a bit more um, sort of give it a little more body. And I'm helping over here. I'm stirring. <laughs> Just making sure it doesn't stick together. And so this is essentially about a cup of pecorino, pecorino. and about. Three quarters of a cup yeah. of Parmesan. Right. We're not we're not worried about like exact measurements here, right? Because this is all going to be. It's all going to be eaten no matter what. So. Yeah. That's right. 
and then we're basically just right we're ready to go all right so we're just waiting for the pasta we'll, we'll be back as soon as the pasta's finished and then we'll show you how we put it together all right so we david said the pasta's ready Oh, so the, only, the, the best way to, to, to test whether or not pasta is ready, right, is to taste it. Absolutely. So we tasted it. Um, it's just a little bit toothy, right? Adante. So we're, tooth. Yeah, we're good, we're good to go. All right. So we have our cracked pepper. So we're going to turn this off into the bowl. All right. Um, we're going to get our cheeses. Some pecorino and parmigiano. Let's go in. Yeah, make sure you get all of it. Oh my goodness. Get that mixing a little bit. This is just going to start the pasting of the, the cheese. You see the peppers mixed with the cheeses. It's going to come together real fast. We're going to go straight from the pot right. into the bowl. Very good. And we're not worried about any of that water getting in because we're going to continue to we're right. gonna be adding more of it. That's why you save your pasta water instead of draining. Yes, 100%. One of the best things known to cookery is pasta water. Okay, now, now it's just a matter of mixing. A little scoop of pasta water. The starchiness of the pasta water uh, begins to emulsify the sauce. That is simple as you can get. And as we, you and I were talking, Italian food is in itself simplicity. It's simple ingredients, mostly locally sourced. All right, so we've got, we get, the pasta's getting tossed. We have the broccoli warmed. Ooh. And I think we have, we're gonna do a, we're gonna add a little um, lemon to both the pasta and a little lemon zest, I should say, to the pasta yeah. and the broccoli. Maybe a touch of red wine vinegar, and then we're, I think we're going to have to sit down and eat this day. I can't wait. Yeah. All right, we'll be back in, uh, in just a minute. All right, so we got the broccoli. The other the broccoli. Get that into the bowl. We'll put that in serving bowl. One of my tricks, always use foil. Easy cleanup. Easy cleanup. Roasted garlic in there. Roasted garlic. All right. Get a little bit of... So we're going to put a little... Lemon, lemon zest. zest on the garlic. And you were doing the pasta too? Yes, yes sir. Lemon zest on the pasta. A little bit of um, acid to balance out all the cheese in richness. Good. All right. And then we're gonna just squeeze a little bit of lemon for a little bit of freshness on the broccoli and then we're good. Good. All right. We'll head to the table. We're gonna taste it and see how we did. All right. Here we are. All right, so Davis, tell us what we got here. So we have cacio e pepe with a little bit of lemon zest. All right, and this is? Roasted broccoli, olive oil, lemon, and uh, garlic. All right, you're the guest. <laughs> I, I get to go first. Absolutely, because I'm gonna eat all the leftovers. <laughs> this, this is why you host this show, right? Absolutely. Not has it nothing else to do except, <laughs> this is my breakfast, so. Same here. This is great. So I'm gonna serve us a little broccoli. Um, are you a, uh, a garlic person? I am. Oh, good. So am I. So. Love it. Roasted garlic is few things like it. I feel like the, the folks who leave the roasted garlic aside um, don't don't understand the, the the lovely sort of like charry flavor. Okay. Let's 
Oops, I cheated you. <laughs> Gotta make sure we got it. There we go. All right, so we're good there. Um, all right, I'm gonna put mine right here. Napkin my lap. A little pasta. All you people out there who cut your pasta, stop it. <laughs> Twirl it with a spoon. Yeah, come on, you big boy. All right, just give it a taste. Does that happen? People cut their pasta still? Oh yeah. Well, I'm a, such a food snob, it's just hard to watch. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So simple. The cracked pepper makes such a difference instead of just the shaking, uh, mm. you know, some, some jarred pepper on the Your trick was to take um, a hard bottom pan and rock it back right. and forth to uh, crack it. And it's, it makes a difference. And the cheeses just kind of flow to the pasta. I can't tell you if it's in the middle of the book um, of the pasta, but sure it is. I must taste the broccoli. The, the, the pecorino really is like um, sort of a distinct flavor. It's unlike any other cheese. Mm. I wish my life, my wife liked broccoli as much, I mean, um, garlic as much as I did, but I'd cook it this way every time. But the garlic just, yeah. especially when you get a nice charred piece of roasted broccoli. Fabulous. One more bite. I love the pop of lemon. It's just, um, just like so fresh. And... Lemon is a great ingredient to use because it's not overpowering, mm -mm. <clears throat> but it's it just gives it a certain little kick that enhances the flavor. Yeah. In a lot of different things. Yeah. So David, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Charlie, for having me. It was so much fun. That's so much it. fun. It was a lot of fun. Continue the great work that you do in the community as one of our community leaders. It's um, people we have on the show. We we certainly appreciate all the work that's being done, um, trying to make our city a better place. And I get to eat well. <laughs> so, thanks for listening to Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders on podcast. Every week, we talk to one of our community leaders here in Milwaukee. Then we cook something together, and then we eat it. If you want to see how today's recipe was made, please head over to our YouTube channel, Cooking Secrets for Men, where the video of this show is available. Until next time, thanks for supporting Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders. Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders is brought to you by Cooking Secrets for Men, LLC, and was recorded in the Third Ward in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We feature and profile community leaders who are trying to make Milwaukee a better place. The tagline is, serious people with serious jobs having a little fun. Our guests choose the recipes that we use on the show. All of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get great podcasts. The original YouTube video for this episode is available on our YouTube channel, Cooking Secrets for Men, all rights reserved. Thanks. And see you next time on Cooking with Milwaukee Community Leaders.